We're underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be breaking down the Indian season, talking about what went right, what went wrong, and what we can expect from the new expanded MLB playoffs and our first uh, round series. I guess they're still calling it the wild card series, even though everyone's playing in it, um, against the Yankees. So I think for starters, we'll just look over um, what we predicted would happen in our season preview and how that compares to what actually happened. So I can start. I predicted that we would have around 35 wins, which we do. Um, but I also predicted that we would be ahead of the Twins and we'd be first in the division. We lost out to the Twins by one game. And then also on head-to-head, they beat us. I think we went three and seven against them head-to-head. So even if we had the one more win, they still would have gotten the top seed against us or ahead of us. But I think overall... Um, my predictions for how the Indians would do were decently accurate. I just thought the Twins would be worse than they were. Um, I didn't think Nelson Cruz would put up the MVP numbers that he has. But overall, I think I was relatively close, a little bit too optimistic as a Cleveland fan usually is. But I think all of us did decent on predictions. What about you guys? Yeah, uh, I predicted we'd get a wild card spot, I'm pretty sure, um, which I was I was right about. Um, especially with the expanded playoff, that was pretty easy that we'd get what was considered a wild card spot. Um, in terms of like player predictions, I mean, James Karinchak turned out pretty good, which I was right about. So happy with that. Um, and I think we pretty much, we knew, we, I think we over total, we overestimated. We thought that the Indians outfield would be better. The bottom of the lineup would be better. And actually they were just, terrible like absolutely dreadful so I think we thought the Indians offense would be better than it was but I think we overall we got the pitching right we knew it was going to be dominant really quickly to toot my own horn I do want to point out that I did predict Shane Bieber would lead the league in strikeouts and win AL Cy Young and then I also thought that Fran Mill would have a great season it was looking really bad at the start on that prediction but he turned it around so I think on players we were like, uh, but you also predicted Francisco Lindor would win MVP. Let's I not did, I did do that as well. I did predict he would win MVP, but I think on players as a whole, the three of us did very, very well. Like Andrew predicted a good season from Cesar Hernandez, which happened. So, yeah, looking at my predictions for the team as a whole, um, I know I said that we would win the division, and it was pretty close. You know, came down to the end, we almost got it, but didn't. Um, I think I said, like, we'd be around, like, a three seed, and right now we're the four seed. So, I mean, I got pretty close in that regard, uh, a couple games off, really. And so I think overall the team prediction went well. Uh, We knew we'd have a great bullpen, and I I did, like he said, I did predict Cesar Hernandez to do do well. And one one guy that I thought would do a little bit better than he did was uh, Carlos Santana, or – he didn't really perform that well, but I thought he would do better. So, yeah, I think Nate and I both predicted he. We, I think we all agreed he wouldn't have the same season he had last year, but I don't think we thought he'd be this sort of bad at the plate. Like he still gets walked, but yeah, yeah he just doesn't hit the ball that well right now. Yeah, I think with that we can start talking about uh, specific players and specific stats. And then at the end, we'll talk about the Yankees matchup itself. Um, I don't want us to get too ahead of ourselves, so I don't think we should talk about any matchups after the Yankees, any potential matchups. Obviously, it's a hard start. Yankees were one of the favorites going into the year. But we'll just talk about the Yankees matchup after we go through the specific team. Um, I guess we'll do what we've been doing for all the up reviews um and the preview and we'll go position by position starting with the pitching so as Gabe said we all predicted that pitching would be a big part of our team this year um obviously a part of that prediction from us was about Mike Clevenger and him being the number two 
Um, but no one could have expected it, but Zach Plesak stepped into that role greatly and was a top, I would say a top 10 starting pitcher in the AL this year. Um, Bieber obviously led the league in literally every single stat for his starter, except for whip, I think, where he was like 0.1 behind Kenta Maeda, but generally speaking, had one of the most definitive Cy Young seasons a player has had in recent years, dating back to like maybe Madison Bumgarner in like 2014 when he carried the Giants single-handedly to the World Series. Um, Same with guys like Savale. Tristan McKenzie stepped in and did really well once we had the issue with Zach Plesak and traded Clevenger. And overall, from a starting pitching standpoint, I think it's fair to say we had the best starting rotation in the league this year. And it's just so impressive from the Indians that three of our four best starters from the start of last season aren't on the team anymore. And we can still say we're one of the best starting rotations in the league. It shows how good our development is. It shows what our development focuses on, which is pitching and like middle infielders, left-sided infielders. And overall, like I think especially in the first round where it's a three game series, we are a team to worry about heading into the playoffs because of how dominant our pitching can be. And we can genuinely, like, confidently say we put up four runs with Shane Bieber on the mound. We probably won the game in every single scenario because his worst start this year was three earned runs. Yeah. Um, I think I was, you know, there was a couple surprises with the pitching. Obviously, I think we all expected a Clevenger trade at some point. We just didn't think it would happen in this year, especially with a sprint. You probably want to keep your pitching with you. But – we sort of showed that we didn't need him. Um, but I was surprised that they called up Tristan McKenzie and he got the start. I didn't think he'd be the first. I thought Logan Allen might get a start over Tristan McKenzie, but he's been really good and he'll probably come out of the pen for the Yankees series. And if we can get past the Yankees later on too. But um, also I think a surprise for me, bullpen wise, Brad Hand. Uh, I think he led the league in saves, or he was yeah, up there. Yeah, he was. He led the league, and he had two more saves than the next best. He had sixteen yeah, by the end. He was, you know, he had that one outing against the White Sox at the beginning of the season, and we were like, "Oh no, it's the Brad Hand we saw last year at the end." But he really locked it down, and he was really good. And you know, you can make an argument if there was an All Star game, he'd be an All. Mm-hmm. He'd be the All Star closer. He gave up 13 hits all season, and he only gave up five earned runs, either three or four of which were in that one outing. So he he really, like, tuned it in after that game. His slider was great this year. I mean, just so much movement on it. I mean, it breaks breaks more than just the length of the plate. It starts outside the plate and reaches the other uh, inside of the plate. Like, it's – He's a he was a real big surprise for me. I didn't expect that. I thought Karinchak would move into the closer position this year, mm-hmm. but they've sort of set up as a good one-two punch in the bullpen. So that was surprising for me. Yeah, I mean, I really loved uh, seeing this, you know, whole pitching rotation this year, uh, and the bullpen looked better towards the end of the season. Definitely turned it around a lot. Um, I think Tristan McKenzie coming out was definitely really good for like, I guess the hype of the team and, you know, seeing a young guy like that come out and pitch that well was just like, man, we turn out, you know, starting pitchers, like it's nothing. And then we, you know, we trade away uh, guys and look at Trevor Bauer right now. He could win the Cy Young in the NL and like, it's just crazy how good of our, how good of a farm system we have for pitchers. Um, and, like, going into the playoffs, like, we're not going to see as many starters in the Yankees series, right? But, like, look to see Tristan McKenzie come out of the bullpen right after Shane Bieber or something like that, and that's just going to be deadly. Yeah, I think definitely in a three-game series, our team is set up extremely well. Like, the fact that the first two – we can win the series with only Bieber and Plesak pitching as starters. Mm-hmm. We should be looking to go two games and out in this series. Um, but, but before getting into the series, I quickly do want to get back to the whole Brad Hand, James Krenchak. The two of them together are looking like the Andrew Miller, Cody Allen duo that we used through the entire 2016 playoffs to uh, make it possible for us 
to like have that run. Like the two, Cody Allen and uh, Andrew Miller were immense for us in those playoffs. And those two are filling into that role. They both have sub like sub three ERAs. Um, Corinne Shack has 17 strikeouts per nine innings, which or 17.7, which is just an absurd stat for anyone, let alone a rookie. Um, and then even as you go deeper into our bullpen, like Oliver Perez, he only pitched 18 innings this year, which isn't much, but his ERA is two. Like uh, Phil Maton has fallen off a little bit since a hot start, but he's still a good guy in the bullpen. Nick Whitgren's have had a relatively good year. Cal Quantrill has looked really good since we got him in that trade. And a bullpen that was a little bit questionable heading into the se- season is looking pretty good for the playoffs, especially considering how deep into games all of our starters can go. Like, we won't need more than two or three bullpen pitchers when we have Bieber, Savale, Carrasco, and Plesak as our starting pitchers in a series with Tristan McKenzie popping in if we want to run a fifth starter in the playoffs or Tristan McKenzie acting as a long reliever if we do, if like Carrasco has a three inning outing and we need to plug someone in, you can just have McKenzie take over and go four innings for us. So I'm really, really excited to see some low scoring baseball in the playoffs with our pitchers just dominating games. Um, I think do either either of you have anything to add on from a pitcher's standpoint? Um, I don't. I don't think really. I just you know part of me wishes that. You know, I like Franmo, but having Trevor Bauer and Shane and Bieber this yeah. year in the same rotation would have been crazy. But mm. um, that's just like a wishful thinking thing that I was that I was thinking of. Yeah, and I do think that um, we would walk through the Yankees if we had Trevor Bauer. But I think in the long term, and even for this year, the hitting of Franmo has been so important for us. Um, I think now we also, can also move... one one quick thing: James Karinchak, I think, is like fourth or second tied for second in strikeouts amongst relievers. Mm-hmm. So again, his strikeouts carried over. So he's just a beast. And he's also um, pitched the most innings in relief for us. Adam Plutko has pitched more innings than him, but Adam Plutko did have the one start at the start of the season. So like that doesn't count as pitching in relief. So uh, Karinczak has been our most used reliever. He's pitched in 27 games this season. And Although he has fallen off like a tiny bit since the um, start of the season, Curran Jack's looked amazing. Um, even if he isn't too crazy good for us in the playoffs, and even if he does struggle in the playoffs, I think it's very clear that Curran Jack is one of, if not the best young closer yeah, in the he's league. A, he's a rookie. He's a yeah. rookie. Yeah, it's he's a, a rookie. rookie year for him. And he's on track to, like, break records for the rest of his career, just solely off of his strikeouts. His curveball is absurd. Um, I think now we can go into the offense, which is going to be our issue in the playoffs and has been our issue the entire year. No matter how good our pitching has been, um, at times our offense has been equally as bad. I saw a stat today. Um, This is totally a random place to start, but I guess we can start with the catchers. Our catchers have had the worst batting average stats of a team's any team's catchers in the past a hundred years, but they've been the best defensive catchers in the past a hundred years as well. So it's it's a really really weird dichotomy, and to a certain extent, you do have to credit some of, if not a lot of, our pitchers' success to how good our catchers are defensively. For instance, we have had zero passed balls. We are, have the best uh, caught stealing rate in baseball with guys like Hedges and uh, Roberto Perez. And um, we also have the least wild pitches in the league, which means not only are our pitchers accurate, but our catchers are saving our pitchers from wild pitches. And although it is sad that our catchers are combined batting like .125 or something horrendous, I think the defensive output from them is enough for me to be okay with it. Like I am confident every game that no one will catch when no one will steal successfully, unless it's like Alberto Mondesi from the Royals. And I'm confident that we won't have issues with pass balls. We won't have issues with pitch calling and that our pitchers will be confident. 
um, in themselves because they trust like Roberto Perez and Austin Hedge and even Sandy Leon this year as a good defensive catcher. But on the offensive side of things, like it, it's horrendous from that position. And it really is at this point a free out. Like we're lucky if they drive in a run or get on base in a game, which is unfortunate, but I think we can just move into another position. Do any of you guys have a player or a position you want to move on to, to highlight hitting? Jose Ramirez is going to be um, a big thing to big player to watch this postseason. And I mean, just to recap, like obviously he's, he's going to be in the MVP hunt. He's had a great season and he's been a really clutch hitter. All right. We saw him have that walk off home run against the White Sox. That was crazy, but he's been a really clutch hitter and has been putting up great statistics overall. He has what the, the number one war in the AL, at least, mm-hmm. if not the league, I think. Yeah. And this postseason, I think if we if our offense wants to see success, it's come it's gonna have to come from clutch hitting from Jose Ramirez with you know 46 RBIs leading the team, leading the team in batting average at 292 and with 17 home runs as well. He's been like the bright spot for us on offense, and he he needs to continue to do so throughout the postseason as well. He's even leading the team in stolen bases, which is a big part of his campaign for um, MVP this year, is he doesn't lead the league in any stat, or his stats don't pop out besides his war, which him and Shane Bieber are the only AL players with a war above three. Um but Jose Ramirez's consistency among all stats, whether it's extra base hits, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, batting average, defensively, he's, I think his defensive war is one of the best in the league, even though that's not something we know. Like, he's not usually not one of the third basemen you highlight when you talk about defense. But overall, he has been so immense for us, just holistically as a player, rather than a guy who's like, oh, like Luke Voigt hit nine or like the most home runs this season. Jose Ramirez does it all for us, and our offense at this point goes through him, um, which, I mean, is a little concerning given some of his historic postseason performances like against, in that series against the Astros. But yeah. also, like, he is our best hitter. He's a leader on this team at this point, um, yeah. and he's done so well, especially in the past month. He just won AL Player of the Month. Yeah, Jose Ramirez has been great. Uh, his so um, his WRC weighted runs created plus. Um, he ranks ninth in the MLB, which is really good. I think our total, um, and then so if you look at any other Indians hitters, like the the next guy that comes for the Indians is at seventy two. It drops from nine to seventy two, and it's Fran Mill Reyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy how much he carries the offense, honestly. He carried it, carried it at the beginning of the year, and then he sort of slumped off. And, of course, the Indians started slumping when he wasn't hitting. And then he picked it back up, and we've been streaking ever since. Um, the thing is, is that, you know, going into the postseason, he's shown in uh, multiple series he's not really a postseason player. Um, well, he, he was good the 2016 run. Yeah. Um, but recently, especially the Yankee series in 2017, he dipped the Astro series was not only terrible for him, but terrible for everyone. He didn't even record a hit in the Astro series. Yeah, him and Lindor combined for one hit the whole series, I'm pretty sure. His career batting average in the playoff is 195. Yeah. Which it's is which is a little bit weird considering statistically how good he's been. Uh, in the regular season with runners in scoring position. Like, I remember – I don't remember which season it was, but it was either 2016 or 2017. He was batting, like, 350 with runners in scoring position and two outs, which is, like, obviously that's a clutch at-bat, or you would consider, like, uh, like important at-bat with, like, high-pressure situation. But in the playoffs, it just doesn't come for him. Um, hopefully this year is different with the way he's been hitting leading up to the playoffs and essentially giving us the four seed because without him, the White Sox would have beaten us to the four seed and we'd be the seven seed playing the twins right now. Um, But, or actually I think the athletics, but without him as of right now, like we would be struggling in the playoffs. So I think he'll be fine in the playoffs, but we'll have to see. 
I think now we can, uh, I think the next guy to move on to, if we're just, if we just want to keep talking about good guys, we'll go to Cesar and Franmil. Um, Cesar recently has moved, correct me if I'm wrong, from the one spot to the two spot, and they put Lindor batting leadoff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, new plays in the lineup for him. He did slump towards the middle of the season after he was hitting like 310 for the first half, but he's still hitting 283 with a 355 on base percentage. Um, obviously, he's not a power hitter. He has three home runs, but he does lead our team in uh, extra base hit or not extra base hits. He leads our team in doubles with 20, which is very good. That's a double every three games. And overall, he's been a very, very good contact hitter for us, second on our team in runs scored. Um, and he's just been like one of those consistent guys. He'll get on base for us. He'll hit singles, hit the occasional double, and he just looks good overall. Um, I don't think there's much more to say about Cesar. He's a major upgrade on Kipnis. He was definitely a good add. Um, I hope we sign him back, but we'll have to see. Yeah, just a defense, just a solid player. Like that's what we expected signing him. He's just been a, a good player. Um, not flashy, but just a really solid player. Mm-hmm. Um, 283 batting average and, and doesn't make many errors. And he's a good pairing with Lindor up the middle. They are really good, especially with their gloves. Yeah. Um, they flash the leather pretty well. Um, I've been very happy with, uh, with Cesar Hernandez. He's everything I expected and even a little bit more. One thing that is concerning about him is he does have 57 strikeouts. So one strikeout away from being a strikeout a game, which, I mean, for a contact hitter is pretty surprising. But, I mean, it is what it is. He gets on base a lot. And even though I, I was, like, surprised to see he's second on our team in strikeouts and second by a wide margin, the next guy is 43. But he's also second in on-base percentage. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he also gets on base a lot. And, like, hitting – he's our second-best hitter this season so far. So props to Cesar for stepping up. Um, I think now we can talk about Fran Mill, who offensively has definitely been, in my opinion, our breakout star. He obviously, as we all know, through the first like 12 to 15 games, was one of the worst hitters I've seen in my life. Just consistent strikeouts. It's the reason why he has 69 strikeouts in 59 games this season. He. Just looked, he just looked like he didn't know how to play baseball. And he's just like waving the bat. And then, as we predicted after the first 12 games on the podcast, we said he needs one home run and then he's going to break out. And he did just that. He hit a home run. He started somehow within like a five game period, turned a 170 batting average into a 350 batting average. And he was in the running for that best batting average in the AL for like almost a month. Um, he ended up falling off to a 275 batting average, which for a guy who's a power hitter is still very, very good. Um, nine home runs is second on our team, nowhere near what Jose put up, but still good numbers. Uh, second on our team in RBIs as well. Uh, like, I just love Franmil in the five spot. I think it works out really well with Carlos before him, who essentially walks every single at bat, or at least for the first half of the season, it seemed like he did that. He kind of stopped walking once people realized he wasn't a good hitter anymore. But Franmil is a good cleanup or following the cleanup hitter. And this is his first playoff run, which may be a little bit concerning. He's one of, he's the least experienced guy in our starting lineup by far. But I think Franmil will be or him or Josh Naylor slash Jordan Luplo, whoever plays left field. But I think Franmil will be big for us in the playoffs like he has been all season. Yeah, it was it was weird. We were like, oh, Franmil's going to hit like 250, but he's going to have a lot of homers. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the opposite. He's upped his batting average and his homers have dipped a little bit. I mean, like I expected him to hit double-digit home runs. I didn't expect him to hit nine home runs. Um, but yeah. I also didn't expect him to bat 275 and be a somewhat really good contact hitter. Mm-hmm. Um he obviously he dipped a little bit, but um, I'm happy with the season from Fran Mill. I was a little worried, like everyone else was off the start. He was not looking good, yeah. but he pulled it together, and hopefully, he is what 
that like he is what Edwin Encarnacion was supposed to be for the Indians in 2017, or like in that playoff run. Because I go just a quick side note. I think if Edwin doesn't get hurt in that 2017 series, we don't lose against the Yankees. But he did. I definitely agree. Yeah. But so I hope he provides. I hope he hits a couple homers because I I think especially going up against. Stanton, like he's going to be compared against the other DH, which is Stanton mm-hmm. and Boyd, and all those guys hit homers. So hopefully he can with the production of homers along and, with Ramirez. And the Yankees pitching is one of the worst teams at giving up home runs because yeah, all of their Garrett Cole, all Garrett of their all of their pitchers, yeah, all of their pitchers are power pitchers. So you get a hold of one, especially if you're built like Fran Mill is, who's a monster, and that ball's gone. So. I am hoping for if the game go, or if the series goes three games, I want two home runs from Fran Mull. I don't care if he goes one for four with three strikeouts in the first game. That one at-bat, I would need to see a home run. Like, he has the ability to take Garrett Cole yard, and if he gets a hold of a Garrett Cole fastball, that thing is gone. I also I also just love his personality. Like, he's a he's an electric guy, and he's, he's a fun post-game interview to watch. Mm-hmm, for sure. In terms of the rest of the infield, um, we already touched on Cesar. We talked a little bit about Carlos, who's had a really bad year in terms of batting average, in terms of even RBIs. Like 30 RBIs in 60 games isn't great for Carlos. Um, But he's been pretty good on on on-base percentage, or at least surprisingly good given how bad his batting average is. And if there's anyone that I can feel comfortable with having not a great regular season but still being in our lineup for the postseason I would say it's Carlos um he's definitely the most experienced player on our team and regardless of his output he's important to our team as a leader and he he's gonna get on base in a game even if it's not with a hit just because of how good of an eye he has and then the last guy in the infield before we go into the horrendous outfield um is Francisco Lindor. As we said earlier, I thought he'd be an MVP candidate. A lot of ESPN analysts predicted him as their dark horse for MVP. He hit 258, 335 on base percentage. Um, he had eight home runs and 27 RBIs, which all are not good numbers for Francisco Lindor, especially heading into a time where the Indians have to make a decision on their future with Francisco Lindor. Um, I don't think after this season it's looking good for us in Lindor. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone, especially considering um, that we have drafted a shortstop. We have Mike Freeman and Yu Chang coming up. Uh, We have enough people that can replace him. In terms of just this season overall, though, I'm hoping he can step up as a leadoff hitter and just get on base more in the playoffs. Like, that's what we need him there for. I'm confident Cesar will move him over. And then you got Jose coming up in the three-hole to knock him in. But I need Lindor if he's going to be on base. I'm okay with him losing some of the power that he's shown in past years. I need him to get on base more. 335 is not good enough from a leadoff, especially when that leadoff is considered the best shortstop in the league. Yeah, he was uh, a real disappointment this season, I I think. Uh, he's just if – I was, if I was the Indians right now, I wouldn't pay him $300 million. He's not worth it. Honestly, right now, off of that season, he's not worth that money. And I wouldn't knock the Indians for not paying him that. I would pay Jose before I paid Francisco. Yes, yeah, Sam. Jose's been more of a – honestly, like, if you look at the stats, Jose, like, has been better than Lindor totally. Like, it's just – like, especially, like, Jose – Lindor – Jose's been in the MVP conversation. Lindor's never really been in the MVP conversation. Like, people have thought early, like, beginning of the year he'd get there, but then he always tails off towards the end. And, again, I think he's, he did better at it uh, later on in the year and in the middle of the year. But at the beginning of the year, man, he just kept – he did the same thing he always does. He just bites on uh, uh, breaking balls inside in down low. He yeah. just keeps swinging at them. He refuses – to adjust and he's finally adjusted a little bit but it didn't show it didn't like he started hitting a little bit better but he platooned out to like a 250 average like I don't know who pays the shortstop 
who's going to bat 250, 300 million. Especially when that shortstop lost a lot of the power. Like he hit eight home runs this year, which in a 160 game season would be like around 20 home runs, which like that's not that great for uh, Lindor. I'm expecting him to put up like 25 home runs a year. He's shown power from both sides of the plate and 27 RBIs from a guy who for half the season was our three hitter is not good enough, but I'm hoping that he does something crazy to keep himself on the Indians, but I don't know. I'm not too looking at him statistically. Like, obviously we only played 60 games this season, but like, obviously his averages have just not looked the same. Oh, as it has like in the past, his averages have or his average dipped, his on base percentage dipped, slugging percentage was pretty bad, and his war was only a point eight, which even in the shortened season wasn't that great. Like, uh, so it in a crucial time for him trying to get a contract, uh, it's not looking good, but I mean, if he can turn it around and give us a great playoff run I think things could start looking better for him for the Indians in his future but we would need to see that it also it's also bad for us just in terms of trade value because there's a lot of teams who are a lot of the teams at the top right now who are at least big market teams that you would think would go after a name like Lindor a flashy guy big name in the MLB up there with like Trout and Yelich as like stars of the MLB just because he's such like he just he's just fun to watch a lot of those teams either have a shortstop who's better right now or wouldn't give us the trade that we would want like for instance a lot of people were saying that the Dodgers might just offer us Corey Seager for Lindor but Corey Seager's arguably been like top five player in the NL this season and has greatly outperformed Francisco Lindor this year and I don't think come off this offseason that offer will be on the table table anymore like the Yankees don't need him the Red Sox are rebuilding there's a lot of teams that won't be looking for Lindor Corey Seager has played one more year than Lindor and has a better career batting average than him I know Lindor's like 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 if you look at his career through historical lenses he's pretty good like he he measures up with like Cal Ripken and stuff but the thing is is like Cal Ripken's a Hall of Famer, right? And he's a great player, but he's more well-known for because he played so long. Yeah. Not because he was this out, like generational player. It's because he played so long and he was so consistent. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like if honestly, I wouldn't be too upset if the Indians traded Lindor for Corey Seager. I'd be pretty happy. I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll get that offer. Yeah, they're around the same age, and he produces the same – he produces better right now. Yeah, this season, Seager had almost double, one less than double his um, home runs. I think 14 more RBIs, less strikeouts, similar walk numbers, and his batting average was 50 points higher. And I, I can't see the war right now, but I'm sure his war was a full point higher, if not more, given that Lindor's was .8 which is literally, if you extrapolate that number for a full season, that would still be a, almost a full point less. Actually, a full point yeah, less than 1. Jose's. His war was 1.9. Seager's was? Yeah, Seager. Yeah, so Seager was just, is just an overall better player right now than Lindor. So I don't, th- I don't think that offer will be coming in from the Dodgers. And we'll be either looking at very few offers for Lindor from big market teams, which is where Lindor would want to go, or no offers, and we'll lose him in free agency the next year. This this playoff run will really make or break whether he's going to get – like, if he has a bad playoff run, like, no. do the Indians really need to offer him 300 mil? Because I don't know if anyone else I will. I don't think we will. Like, why – I don't – but I think we could get him at a cheaper price. I don't think anyone else will offer him 300 mil. Yeah. Who wants, a, who wants a, a great defensive – like, he's a great defensive shortstop. But that bats two fifty eight, and struck out, and has uh, you know, he doesn't strike out that much actually. He just struck out a lot at the beginning of the year. But again, doesn't get on base that great. Like uh, disappointing season from Lindor, especially like 
he just has so much potential, and you see it every time. But yeah, I think now we can try to move into the outfield. Um, our outfield's just been bad. Like Delino De Shields has been the star of our outfield this season. That's which, crazy. Which is absurd. Um, he was batting like 270, 280 the last time we talked. Now he's at 252, which uh, like I would have been okay at the start of the season if I was told Delino was batting 252 because I would have assumed that was coming off of our bench and that Oscar Mercado was batting like 290 for us starting in center field. But Oscar Mercado is batting 128 and has been one of the worst Indians players I've seen in a long time. Like, get Michael Martinez out of retirement and put him out there because I'm sure his little ground out in the World Series is better than what Oscar's been doing. It's, it's but, Michael Martinez, Oscar Mercado, and Shelly Duncan. It's the three worst Indians I've ever seen. <laughs> but, like, I had such high hopes for Oscar, and now he just looks like he's never going to play an MLB game again. But for the guys who do start in our outfield, um, it's almost always – Naquin in right field and Delino in center field. And then we usually have a rotate, a decent rotation of sometimes Mike Freeman, Josh Naylor seems to be the main starter in left field and also Luplo in left field. Um, Naylor has shown signs of being a very, very good player for us in the future. He's obviously only 23, um, two years younger than Oscar Mercado, which is just and he's six years younger than Tyler Naquin, which is just crazy for me. But um, I don't think Josh Naylor will be big for us in the playoffs. He's hitting 230, and overall, all our outfield is hitting an average of about 230 to 220, which is just horrendous production. Like, none of them are doing anything remotely special offensively. Delano DeShields has seven RBIs. Naquin is our best outfielder in terms of RBIs, and he has 20. The next best has 12, and it's Domingo Santana, who hasn't played in a while. Um, oh like, they, they just don't produce. Everyone after Fran Mill in our lineup, ever since Tyler Naquin has slowed down, just doesn't produce for us. They're just like a wasted inning and a half, um, which is extremely concerning. But Yeah, one of the outfielders I want to talk about that's not even playing right anymore, Bradley Zimmer. I, we talked about him in the preview. We thought he'd be good. Hey, he's he's dog shit. Like I don't I don't really know what to say else. He's been he's not good. Like he just doesn't play anymore, and rightfully so. Like <laughs> Domingo Santana and Bradley Zimmer are basically the same player right now. Like like it, it says something when Delano DeShields, who makes a good amount of errors, we saw it in the White Sox game, who makes a good amount of errors in the outfield. Like you can't even start against Delano DeShields and you're supposed to be a good defensive center fielder, Bradley Zimmer. Like that is just so disappointing, especially for how touted this guy was. Maybe the injuries really did that to him, but she's like maybe the biggest disappointment of the year for me. Like, honestly, like he dog shit. That's how I would describe him right now. Dog shit. For me, the biggest disappointment of the year was Oscar Mercado. Coming off the oh, year, yeah, true. It, ha- it has to be. It has yeah, to never be mind. No. Well, okay, at least Oscar Mercado can still get playing. Like, he can be a valuable base runner. Like, <laughs> Bradley Zimmer doesn't even get pinch run anymore. He's on the 40-man now. He's on the travel squad, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow, but- you're on the taxi squad of Jake Bowers. Congratulations. <laughs> you really made it. Like, <laughs> Like, Oscar Mercado last year, like – he was so good throughout the season, trailed off a little bit at the end, and he was looking like, you know, future of the team right here. And this year he played 36 games, had 86 at-bats, and an average of 128. And negative war, you know, like, what the hell is this guy doing the whole time? <laughs> I have no idea where, where this guy went. Um and maybe it's just because of he's not used to this whole COVID situation and only playing 60 games for the whole team. But I uh, really hope he can, you know, turn it around for his career, for the sake of his career. Sake and of his, his career, future. he needs to turn yeah. it around. And, and his future with the Indians, he's got he's to gotta figure something out. Yeah, I will, I will say this for Bradley Simmer. He only had a zero war, 
He didn't have a negative war like Mercado. Or did Mercado have a negative war? Yeah, he had a negative point yeah. five. Yeah, so at least <laughs> at least he was literally Bradley Zimmer was just a replacement. So good job. Like you and also like I just looking forward for Bradley Zimmer. He's twenty seven. Yeah. Like what I mean, honestly, if you could get a bucket of baseballs for this dude, it'd be you know, <laughs> it'd be helping the team. And it's really sad to see because, like, you look at Zimmer and Naquin together, how did neither of them turn out well? Like, they were both pretty high prospects. They at both least had... Naquin showed something. Naquin has produced at the major league. Yeah. League. Bradley Zimmer has never produced a single thing at the major well, league. His, Bradley Zimmer's first season before he got hurt, he was at least, at least had the he potential of being great. Average. He, like, but he, he, showed... he showed potential. Okay, I'm... The, I think at this point, our the future of our outfield is entirely Josh Naylor and players that that do not <laughs> exist. Shields and Jordan Lupo. I mean, yeah. To be fair, <laughs> Delino is twenty seven, so he's probably going to be same age. Bradley yeah. Zimmer, that's crazy. So Delino yeah. will will most likely, um, I think we only have him on a one year deal. I'm not entirely sure, but Delino will most likely be a part of our outfield for the years to come. Which is a little bit scary, but Josh, for me, Josh Naylor is going to be good for us in the long term. Um, he looks like Wario, which is kind of funny. Like he's he's just built weird, but I I I like Josh Naylor. He he's a good hitter, somewhat. Well, at least at least compared to the rest, he's and and he's yeah, so when you compare him to trash cans, you're like Zimmer and Mercado. He's but a good hitter. He, he, looks he, like he is. Wire. He is 20, 23 years old, so he at least has a future. Whereas our other young guys are like uh, Oscar Mercado, who I think is twenty six now, and is just oh bad. At, yeah, but he, he's just bad at baseball. Um, <laughs> Naquin, Naquin, who I thought was young, just because I haven't. I I fast forwarded from twenty sixteen to now and forgot the four years in between happened because I never saw him play. Um, he's 29 now, as Gabe said, uh, what's his face? Bradley Zimmer's 27. Like Trash can. it's, it's not looking good for our outfield. It's crazy. We traded Greg Allen and somehow got worse offensively in the outfield. That is insane. <laughs> like that. I don't know how that's possible. Greg Allen doesn't hit. Okay. He just, he just does <laughs> base just running break. and bunting and fielding. <laughs> that's it. Every guy. I mean, at, at this point, like. Someone's gonna have to learn how to play outfield, or Fran Mill's gonna have to learn how to move laterally. Honestly, but... I'll pay Lindor three hundred million to play in the outfield. I'll pay <laughs> him just that much. I mean, like, it's watching the Indians outfield is like watching the Browns when they went zero and sixteen. Like, it's bad, but it's comically bad. It's funny to watch when they just like misplay balls and then they just strike out. Like, it's literally like the. Uh, after the pitchers get past the top of our lineup, they're like, oh, I'm going to get about 5Ks here. <laughs> yeah, after, after Fran Mill, like, if we get a person on base in the next four batters, I am, like, happy. That's all. Like, I just want to see one of the four last guys get on base because yeah. I kn- know it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they probably – the pitchers look at us and they're like, oh, that's an extra 100K added to my contract because it's going to be three strikeouts from each one of them in the game. <laughs> and that's upping their strikeout total. Like they, like Lucas Giolito is licking his chops when he sees Tyler Naquin walk up to bat right now. Now he wasn't in the middle of the season. I'm not going to crap on Tyler Naquin because he was the best outfielder this season. No, Dylan. Crap on Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado. No, I think Naquin. I'm not. I'm not against Naquin or like I don't. Yeah, same with me. Same with me. Do something. He can do things. That's 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 my that's my bar that I've set. Yeah, for that, that's that's the bar for our things. outfield. He's not an, <laughs> he's not negative. <laughs> if you can, yeah, he's he's a he's a positive war. He's not negative, and he's not just a replacement player like Bradley Zimmer. So, I think on that negative note, we can uh, just talk about the Yankees series for a little bit. Obviously, at the start of the season, if I was told that we would be hosting um, the first round of the playoffs, I would be happy. That's better than expectations, better than predictions. But 
if I was told we were playing the Yankees, I would not be happy because heading into the season, they were with the Dodgers co-favorites to win the World Series. They've had, but on, they've had a pretty unfortunate season. In recent games, they've gotten better pitching, but their hitting hasn't been there. Their entire offense this season essentially has been Luke Voigt hitting home runs and DJ LeMayu, who's leading the league in batting average. But in general, yeah, and Urshela, who I would like to be in the Indians outfield right now. But yeah, uh, I think in general, this isn't the Yankees team I thought it would be at the start of the season. They have been battling with injuries, but Garrett Cole hasn't looked like his entirely himself. I think that's because the Astros were cheating at some point with him, but I mean, he's still cheating. You see that video, his sticky <laughs> fingers thing sticking to the app, yeah, uh, to the cap. Like he's, yeah, he's he's still using pine tar. <laughs> but in in general, their pitching hasn't been as scary as we thought it would be. And the great thing about this series is it is only three games. We can end this series with only Plesac and Bieber pitching. Which personally, to get into a prediction, I think we're going to win this series two zero. It might be a bold prediction. Um, bookies have us pretty much even with the Yankees on the season. It's been going back and forth in the past day because everyone's betting on whichever team has better odds right now because it is such an even series. But if our offense can put up three or four runs in both games, which I I hope isn't too much to ask. (laughs) Like I think the top five guys in our lineup can do it. Like Jose and Franmo will probably each hit at least one home run this season, given how many home runs the Yankees give up. And like that alone should help us. Um, I think I think the top five guys in our lineup can give us eight runs in two games. But because I'm just going to assume that the outfielders and the catchers are just going to be negative for us offensively. But overall, like if we get three or four runs, I think we will win both games with Zach Plesac and um, obviously Shane Bieber. I am worried if this goes to a third game. Um, Carlos Carrasco has been great this season. 2.91 ERR is what you want. But I I don't know. I just don't have as much faith in him as I, I do. I'm, yeah. I have we, faith that they go to three games. Yeah. I, I mean, I have faith in Carrasco. But, like, I have way more faith in Police Second Bieber. They're going up against J.A. Happ if it goes to the third game. Who's like, Which is fair. He's got a 3.47 ERA, I'm pretty sure. He's okay, but I we've hit off of him pretty well, pretty mm-hmm. easily, actually. I, one thing that makes me beyond happy about this year's playoffs in general is we won't face a team that we have played this season until either the division – or until the AL title game or the World Series because we've only played our division and the NL Central – which really helps our pitchers. The issue that we had in 2016 was the Cubs got to see Kluber three times, and in Game 7, they hit him, and they hit Andrew Miller because they saw them a bunch. Not playing against a team and against a pitcher always favors the pitcher because the pitcher can come out with their best stuff. The guy's never seen Shane Bieber pitch in over a year, and yeah. I think it's going to be a low-scoring season because or series because of that. No one on the Yankees has faced Shane Bieber since, like, August of last year. But also, career-wise, the most at-bats any of them have had career-wise against Shane Bieber is three at-bats. And it's, it's, it's probably the same with Plesak, because Plesak's the same age. So yeah. I think that that sets us up for such a nice series, especially considering how bad – or how struggling their offense has been in the past couple of weeks, they've been really, really spotty. They've put up 12 runs one game, then the next two they don't score. And then they put up 10 runs, and then they don't score. And I think the fact that none of them have seen Polisak or Bieber really ever, especially at the level they've been pitching at this year, sets us up for a two-game sweep of the Yankees. But then again, our hitters haven't seen Garrett Cole in a year. Our hitters haven't seen their pitchers. Our hitters suck dick. And, like, it, it can go both ways with that yeah. argument. Yeah, uh, game one preview. Garrett Cole is still Garrett fucking Cole. Like, yeah. he's still a beast, okay? Don't – like, he's still got the pine tar on the hat. He's still going to throw <laughs> hard. Like, he's still a beast. 
Also, we the we weren't expecting to play the Yankees, but the Yankees have just been so bad down these past weeks that they've dropped down mm-hmm. to this seed. They shouldn't. We shouldn't be playing them. They should be up in the top of the. They should have won their division, but they mm-hmm. they got. I mean, their most recent game they got shut out by the Marlins. I know the Marlins are a playoff team, but besides Jordan Yamamoto, they don't have a good starting pitcher. Their last good starting pitcher was Jose Fernandez. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we swept the White Sox in a four-game series, have had, like, three walk-offs in the past five to ten games, and we're, like, the hottest team in baseball over the past ten games, and our reward for that, and our reward for the final game, getting the two, getting the second spot in the AL Central above the White Sox, is playing the Yankees, is pretty annoying. But I personally have confidence that we can knock the Yankees out, Um yeah, I'll go. I'll go a little more. Into, yeah, the Yankees. I, th- I think it'll be two zero Indians. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or or two one Yankees. Yeah, if you look at any ML, if you look at any pitching stat in the MLB, uh, hits given up, walks given up, uh, home runs given up, ERA, op- uh, opposing batting average. The Indians are top five in every category. That like they're the. And- one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, and they're going up against right now a mediocre offense that has a lot of name value. Gary Sanchez is not that good. He might not even play that much in the series because he's so bad at catching. He's batting he one, be- and he's batting one forty-seven on the season with sixty-four strikeouts in forty-nine games. Yeah, he's basically a worse vert. He's like the non-catching version of Roberto Perez. Like, <laughs> like. Also, they have uh, the, the guys to look out for, Voight and LeMahieu. If you can limit LeMahieu and Voight in their damage, you got a great chance. And with Bieber and Plesak, I think that's possible. You know, I don't think we're going to, like, shut out LeMahieu. LeMahieu's going to bat really well in the series. He's just a good ass hitter. That's what he's going to do. But I think we can get to Cole because um, he gives up so many home runs. I think Jose can get a home <clears throat> run off of him, maybe Fran Mill. Uh, Jose Ramirez has really good numbers against Masahiro Tanaka. But Masahiro is a really good playoff pitcher. We saw that in 2017. Um, But I think we can get to him as well. I have confidence that the the pitching is going to be great because it's always been great for us. Um, I hope that Judge doesn't heat up. I mean, he usually sucks in the playoffs. He just strikes out a bunch. And and he's batting 257 on the season. and he's playing against yeah, Torres has been lazy in the field and not a good hitter. He's batting 243. Um the, they only have um of guys who have played a majority of the games, they only have four hitters above 250. Um Luke Voigt, as we said, Gio Rochelle, as we said, uh DJ LeMahieu, as we said, who's above 360. He's having an insane season. And then the other one's Clint Frazier. Yeah. Um, an, another ex-Indian that we shouldn't have gotten we rid of. Had him in the outfield. Yeah. Ima- imagine if right now we had Gio Rochella turned into an outfielder and Clint Frazier. Like our we our team would be nasty, but no, we had to trade Clint Frazier uh, in the Andrew Miller trade. And hey. yeah, hey, the good thing for the Indians, Didi Gregorius does not play for the Yankees anymore. Yeah. He's not going to give us nightmares by hitting bombs off of Corey Kluber. And also, Corey Kluber doesn't play for us anymore, so he's not going to keep giving up leadoff home runs in the playoffs. Neither does Brian Shaw. So one thing I want to look at for the whole series was like, so the Yankees have given up 83 home runs, which is fifth worst in the majors and most by any playoff team. So like, look for you know, we don't really have many home run hitters, right? But. <laughs> Jose Ramirez, you know, Fran Mill, maybe Lindor. Look for them to at least try and get a home run in these hopefully only two games, two wins for us. Uh, but we'll see. I feel so bad for – I feel somewhat bad for Yankees fans because they were basically screwed with whoever they played. Like, they go up against the Indians. Oh, they're a bad offense, but they have great pitching. If they go up against anyone else who has, like, just a somewhat decent offense, you're like, oh, they're like, oh, shit, they're going to put up runs because – we can't keep the ball in the park. Yeah, I think we can match up with them better than, like, the other guys. Yeah, I don't think they want to uh, – I hear from a lot of Yankees fans on Twitter and, like, on different podcasts. They really didn't want to play us. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of teams wanted to play us, especially with how hot we are right now. Like, mm-hmm. 
It's the uh, it's it's the same thing as the Reds in the NL. In a three game series, you don't want to be facing Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer for two of those games. In a three game series, you don't want to be facing Zach Plesac and Shane Bieber. I mean, before Plesac's last start, he had a sub two ERA. Yeah. We literally had two pitchers with sub two ERAs. Yeah, and Shane Bieber leads the league in every single starting pitcher stat except for WHIP, which he's really close in. And I mean, literally, if you go through uh, like singular pitcher stats, bullpen, and starting pitchers, the guy leading every single stat except for WHIP is an Indians player because Brad Hand's leading the bullpens in saves, and I think he's up there in ERA for bullpens. And that's the Achilles heel. And that's what's going to give us a shot against the Yankees and against really anyone in the playoffs. Also, the Yankees' bullpen is pretty talented. I mean, yeah. they got Chapman still, who's a beast. But we can, we've can shown that we can hit off of him. I mean, you know, if Brandon Geyer can get multiple hits off of him, we <laughs> should be able to get multiple hits off of him. But yeah, we'll just call I, back Rajai for the outfield. Yeah, seriously. The, the thing is, I think if we were to break it down, keys to victory, number one. Pitching. Indians have to have great pitching. Without great starting pitching, we're not going to win this series. There's just no possible way we can do it. And then number two, the top of the lineup. I don't even – I'm not even going to name the bottom of the lineup. It doesn't matter what they do. I don't care what they do. The top of the lineup needs to produce. Bottom of the lineup gives me one or two runs in the three games combined. I'm happy. Now, I don't even care about runs. Just give me a guy on base. Two guys <laughs> on base, I'll be happy. Like, i uh, <laughs> That's all I want. Just put a guy on base. I don't even care if they score because they probably won't. <laughs> so just put a guy on base. The top of the lineup needs to produce like eight to nine runs in two games. If we're going to win in two games, 12 mm. to 15 runs in three games. That's what they need to produce. Yeah. Well, and, and three, probably the back end, like closing. Just close out games, play good defense with the bullpen. Karinchak. Don't walk anybody. Like, I, I, I know he's had some problems there. But if we limit the amount of base runners, they cannot hurt us. I think a really good thing about this series is Yankees are a high strikeout offense. And we are a high, like, absurdly high strikeout pitching team. So I think we should do a good job of limiting base runners in this series. And if they, if Luke Voigt gets a hold of one, if Aaron Judge doesn't do what he normally does in the playoffs and strike out every at-bat and he gets a hold of one, it's going to be a solo shot and we can come back from it. Also, um, go ahead. One second. Underrated aspect of this is that it's playing in Cleveland. Yep. I'd be more worried if they were playing in Yankee Stadium because Yankee Stadium is a, is a hitter-friendly ballpark, especially with that short porch over in – is it left field or right field? I can't remember. Yeah, but they have that short porch and they hit a lot of homers over there. Um, but this is more of a out of the two ballparks. This is more of a pitcher friendly ballpark, so that's the benefit of having the game in Cleveland. Also, we don't have to travel. That's nice, mm-hmm. and the guys can stay in their houses. I think overall for this series, my prediction is going to be two O Indians. I think Plesac and Bieber do their job. I think the top of our lineup. I think we win the first game like three one, two one, something like that. Something low scoring, something boring. Bieber just dominates. Game two, maybe like 4-2, 4-3. But personally, if we lose game one, the series is over. No. We, no. We, I, think, I think we need the Bieber win. With, no. Honestly, with our pitching, I don't think game one decides this series. I think for, for really – I think game one decides the series for the Yankees, but it doesn't decide it for the Indians. Because I think if you look at the three matchups, the three pitching matchups – we have the better matchup in all three pitching matchups. That's fair. But I think, I think just in terms of us as a team, if we, I think if our hitters and Plesak and Carrasco and our bullpen see Shane Bieber get a loss in game one, our momentum's gone. And I would I, agree with you if it's a blowout loss. If Shane yeah, Bieber yeah. just gets shelled, I'll agree with if, you. If, ba- if Bieber gives up more than three runs, I think we're done for the series. Uh. Maybe, yeah. Because that would that would be that his sucks. worst. That, that would be his worst start of the season. I mean, that really sucks. The pitcher cannot give up three runs. Yeah. That's, Which that's Bieber Bieber's given up three. Bieber's given up three runs once, and yeah. 
his ERA is 1.63. So most likely he's going to go seven innings, one run max and just pummel them and then just throw an oop to Karinchak who lays it off to uh, Brad Hand to finish it. But like a couple days ago, though, like they did the thing where they, you know, backpacked him with Tristan McKenzie. And like, honestly, that was nice. That was nice when they backpacked him. McKenzie lights out from the pen. Yeah, out, out the out the bullpen. Like, I would love to see that and then just go to Brandhand from there and get a win on the board. I would and love to see Shack for the next game if you need him to close instead of hand. Yeah, true. I do think, though, if we would do that, it would be in the Plesak start. Because yeah. Plesak goes way – like, this also has to do with um, the games that Plesak mix, missed because of the whole coronavirus stuff. But Bieber's pitched 22 more innings than – Plesak, he's averaging going into like the sixth and the seventh inning on his own. But Plesak did sit out that. Yeah, yeah. Plesak has played four less games than him. But um, I do think that McKenzie will have a role. Maybe not in this series, but if we win this series, definitely in later series out of the bullpen. Um, But I I don't know. I'm going to stick with it. I think if we lose game one, it's over. But I don't – I also don't think we're going to lose game one. My prediction, 2-0 Indians, I think we sweep them. I think Bieber and Polisak shut it down, and they can't get much across. And I think Jose and Fran Mill. And I think Lindor will actually come up big in this series. Andrew, so. what about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with 2-0. I think the first game, uh, Shane Bieber has a dominant performance. Uh, our relievers hang on, and the bats just do their job. Let's say maybe we get like a home run from uh, J Ram or something like that. Uh, but that's really what I'm looking for in game one, just find a way to win. And then game two, I think if we, you know, if we go up 1-0 game two, I think we can just, I think Carrasco can pull it together and uh, get us a win there too. But so I think in general, this might be a bold prediction, but I don't know why, but I'm expecting, I'm not expecting, I'm going to predict a big series from Josh Nadelor. I don't know why, but I just, he's just fun to watch and he looks. Because you're an idiot. That's why. <laughs> I, <don't know>. Wario. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he looks like, he looks like Wario, but I mean, his last game, two hits game before that he was good. And overall, like, I don't know. Indians outfielder to hit the ball. I, I know. I know. <laughs> or anybody. See, the, the issue with this prediction is he usually hits seven in our lineup right behind Naquin, which means that most likely he's going to be hitting and then there's going to be two outs after him with Roberto and... Uh, How old is Kenny Lofton? Can he come back and play? <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can do it. 53, I mean... That'd be he's basically Delano De Shields right now at age fifty three. But I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think we're gonna get some uh hey, if you're right, that'll be great. Yeah, if, I, if, I, if, if I'm, I'm right, right, if I'm right, we're tweeting the hell out of that. But Josh <laughs> heard it here first. Josh Naylor is getting two extra base hits in this series. Wow. A home <laughs> a home a home run and a double. Heard it here first. He has he has zero he has We'll get a hit this series. <laughs> he has zero home runs for us. He's getting his first home run as an Indians in this series. Does anyone else have a bold prediction they want to make for the series? I know we all went 2-0, which in and of itself is a bold prediction. But Bold prediction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I... Is a good series? I don't know. I hope. Uh, the bottom of the lineup will have less than three guys on base. Well, in total, three guys on base. <laughs> <laughs> they won't get like three guys on base. That's my. That's not even a bold prediction. That's yeah. Honest. That's that's accurate. That's like I don't. I don't know. I can't think. I can't think off the top of my head. A bold was you saying that the Indians outfield looks like the twenty? You know, was it the zero sixteen Browns? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. At least the zero sixteen Browns were competitive. I'll say that they were competitive <laughs> some games. These guys. They come up to bat. They're already in out. You it, like it's yeah. like Roberto Perez's rookie year. Auto out. That's literally <laughs> every time I see yeah. an Indians outfielder. Or like the Jets this year. Oh yeah. <laughs>
No, I got I got no bull prediction. Probably the two O Indians is my bull prediction. All right. Well, I think there we can wrap up this episode. You heard it here. All of us predicted a two O Indians sweep of the Yankees in the first round. Um, it's at Progressive Field. It starts today at seven p.m. Um, this video will be going out probably two or three hours right before the game starts. So hopefully you listen to it before the game, or if not, hopefully you're listening to it and the Indians are up 1-0 and Shane Bieber just showed why he's the best pitcher in the MLB right now. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mad Dog Pod. You know, like our tweets, like our posts, get involved in the conversation. We're always tweeting during Indians games and Browns games uh, during the game. And uh, we always have great tweets about them. So like, comment, and uh, do anything to help us. Yeah, make sure to uh, also subscribe and leave a, a rating on our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And maybe share with a couple of friends. Maybe share it with a couple of Indians outfielders so they can actually hear, you know, some criticism. And that maybe they'll get their heads out their asses. Um, but give us a good, uh, a nice rating and subscribe to our podcast. Also, if you see this before game one, tweet at us what your prediction is for the series. And after we sweep the Yankees knock on wood, tweet at us what you think is going to happen in the next series. We'll talk about what we think is going to happen against the A's because I don't think the White Sox are going to beat them. But with that, we'll end this episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.